Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to day two of Guitar Nerd's Gear of the Year Deliberations. Um, I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined by Matt Knight. Good evening. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Shalom. I would normally say uh, thanks for joining us this evening, but it's actually, what, one o'clock or something? Yeah, half one. Not spoiling the illusion, but we're recording all of Gear of the Year on one day. Oh, I think it's better that way. I think it's I much do better as well. I definitely, definitely. would think that it's better that way. Yes. What? Yeah. What do you mean? If I wasn't really hungover. Oh yeah, that is no, true. You, yeah. What you just hungover or just thinking about what's going to win? Be so hung, hard. even if we did it over two days, you'd be hungover on both days. That's how yeah. it works. Joe Brandt. When you ever sober? So um, yesterday we put through uh, the Billy Corgan um, by Reverend, the Gretsch Streamliner double cut, the Rockstock Bright Switch and Barefoot Buttons through to Friday's final in the Best Guitar and Best Accessories categories. Today we're talking Best Amplifier and 2016's Gear of 2015. Yeah. Um, our amazing time travelling category. So let's kick things off with Best Amplifier. I'll read out what's on the uh, the list and we can say yes or no to to each of them um, so Line 6 Firehawk PV6505 Piranha Boss Blues Cube Hot Marshall Code Vox AC30 Head Supro Supreme 6v6 The Fender Bass Breaker 15 The DV Mark Gen 15 and the Honey Boy 5 Watt some interesting stuff there bouncing from super loud digital stuff to super quiet valve stuff and everywhere in between does anyone want to make an argument for or against anything on this list um I, I mean, whether it's a top five product or not, but a, a, pro, a company that's generally overlooked for guitar amps, I think, make great sounding amps. DV Mark. Yes, 100%. Do you remember, I mean, this is a, like an older product, and I think they've always carried on. They did, I, I'm assuming this is the second version from the little portable lunchbox head they did a while No, the Galileo. The Galileo, yeah. The 15, which was amazing. Loads of clean headroom. Basically did, didn't distort. Yep. This it was is only 15 watts. This is a different thing. So this yeah. is basically like a Fender-style 15-watt head yeah. that is um, valve-pre 
and like a digital output stage, I believe. Um, although you might just want to confirm that because it might um, both be Valve. But it's small, super lightweight, um, really simple. I hadn't heard of this. I didn't hear about this coming out. Um, no, and it's then, class, class A. It's all tube. Yeah, yeah. And Jay and I went down to um, to the guitar shop and plugged it in. And this sounds absolutely phenomenal. I'm not surprised because uh, uh, I generally really love all the Mark, the DV Mark stuff. And I just think that it's not a brand that people... They, they sort of... They've had to start... They've got a great background in obviously what they do in bass amps, and everyone knows them for that, but you are basically starting from the ground up when yep. you start... So you've got the technology and the resources to build the amps. It's just that you've actually got to try and get it in people's guitar rigs. Um, and, yeah, ever since the Galileo, I've, every time I've plugged one of them in, I just think, great, because it's got the clean headroom, and that's what I want. I don't necessarily want something that drives a lot I want something that's a great pedal platform yeah, and, and really clean I, um, and they're well built I mean yeah. this is the thing the, the, the Mark Bay stuff I mean in the entire time that we've all probably worked in guitar stores I think I saw one Mark Bay bass amp ever come back broken it's, and it's because there was an electri- electrical fault in the venue that yeah, yeah, blew yeah. up the amp so it it's was, kind of like I think the returns rate is like 0.02% or something like so that well so they are so well built um, but I I completely love this product and I and it's really nice that DV Mark you're not have, allowed to say nice stuff about Mark Bass I know I know but I actually really like their guitar stuff and this one more importantly because um, they've actually bothered in the way that it looks I, I yeah. think their, yeah. their, their digital rack heads that they've done for a while they, they recently released a, a signature model um, uh, version of the rack head and I can't remember who for but that sounds incredible and I, th- I just think for clean headroom they are a brilliant company that exactly as Matt said get completely overlooked I'm, I'm, I'm looking at their their page on, on their website for this product at the moment yeah. the only thing I don't like is that they've got you know they've got the amp there all these great features and the one that they choose to make the first feature is the weight I just don't care I don't I know care you don't. I don't it I know really you don't. concerns me when a company who make things that make sound I'm more concerned about how much they it weighs. I, it I, makes I me scared that. that it's only luck that they actually make uh, good sounding products because it's not their number one concern. I like think they would, if they had a choice between uh, a component that was heavier that made it sound better than a lighter product, they would go for the lighter product. I don't think that that's necessarily me. true because they could have made this all digital. Whereas you know it's two ECC83s uh, and then two EL84s and one ECC83 in the output stage. So yeah, fair. Point. I think they've gone for the, the other thing. And um, John, maybe this is something you don't know a huge amount about because uh, this is something to do with marketing. Um, is companies <laughs> have to stand out from each other, and Joe. you know. I'm going to say a term to you now. Now, this is going to go over your head, but USP? Yes. I don't um, know if you know anything about this. Uh, it's an area of marketing that I, you maybe aren't familiar with, marketing manager. But anyway, they, you know, that's why these companies, you know, they've got to stand out somehow. And, you know, DV Mark is a company that, you know, we know who they are and we love them. And, you know, bass players will know... Well, actually, you know, people might not know that this is the same people that do Mark Bass. Yeah, they don't make yeah. it very clear. They, they don't make it very clear. They they keep them very very separate, and I think it's very weird. I mean, I, I I'm glad that they don't they haven't called this company Mark Guitar. Yeah, that would be dreadful. It would be absolutely <laughs> atrocious. But the thing is, is what they've done here is they've made a Fender style amp head that sounds very close. That to sounds Fender. really good with built-in reverb, and. You know, most people are going to just pass this off unless they have a reason to look at it. And if the reason to look at it is the fact that it weighs less than six kilos, 
then mm. if that's what turns people onto this, then brilliant, absolutely quality. I, I'm all for yeah, it. Fine, fine. I I'm, almost I'm not, think I'm not that fussed. It is, it is just a great product. Yeah, I mean, actually, if you point. go on their website and you look at the products they've got now, actually, the one that I, I think is almost even better which was something that I asked for years ago when they first bought the little jazz amps was the Micro 50 yeah making these little solid state portable amp heads with headphone output for using live but I, I think you know they do f- I think their biggest problem is just getting it in the hands of players yeah definitely I think that's oh, unfortunately that's I think just what they've got to work on but in terms of a guitar amp fantastic bit of kit I think, yeah. they're, I think they're a great company like the um, those the little jazz amps are astonishing yeah, yeah. absolutely astonishing you know they they, re- they make some kind of weird stuff as well like the um, the DV40s I think are a bit weird real like mod- they look like a bass amp yeah they yeah. do and it's I'm not really sure what it is that they're trying to do with something like that but like I think they make some really great stuff, and I, I I think that this the 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 Gen 15 is like really is a, a standout product. Joe Branton, is there anything on this list that you want to stand behind? Um, well, I I I actually think that's probably the best product. On okay, this list, well that's, there we go. The start, well, number but, one on the list. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, I I figured Matt would probably want to talk about the Honey Boy five watt. Mm-hmm. I think that is another really strong contender um, on here. Um, there are a few non-starters, I think, on here um, as well. I mean, actually, if if we're going to speak about stuff to get behind, I think the the Blues Cube Hot is um, is a, a perfect product. A, a, a lot like I think the the DV Mark Gen 15 is a really astute product. It's exactly what the market wants. Yep. it's exactly the direction that amps are going in, and I think that the Boss Blues Cube Hot Roland. Roland Blues Cube Hot is um, sorry that's my fault for yeah, listening incorrectly. Yeah. 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 Uh, the the Blues Cube Hot is um, yeah the same is is just a completely on the money and it got rid of the things I didn't like about the Blues Cube. Yeah, see, I think that that's interesting because I actually don't think that the, that that's the best amp that Roland have done this year. I think that this should be the Katana. I, I think the katana is a if you're if you're standing the two side by side, and you know we did that initially because we were we were sent one of each uh, for demo purposes, and I like Mark and I uh, did like a, an unboxing and we we tried them both and first impressions. I thought the blue skip was great. I really did think the blue skip was great, and then I plugged in the katana, and I was a bit underwhelmed, but I was only underwhelmed until. I like started paying a bit more attention to what was going on with the amps, and I did. I honestly didn't realise how cheap the katana was, yeah. and I think that and like so. I, and I'm, I am. I realised we've got to take a step back because the katana isn't on this list. The blues cube pot is on the list, but well, we I, can change that. That's, well, that's open for debate. See, I, 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 I don't think that. I think the katana is a better amp than the blues cube pot. I, that's okay. my. Did we, did I, we, I, I'd be willing to. Uh, did I'll we change willing. it purely because of what comes up later in? No, 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 not at all. No. I changed it because it's. I mean, effectively, I know they're different brands. I think it should, but I think it should to, stay. I think it should I think, stay on there. I mean, you know, I don't. I, I personally don't want to get too involved because I don't want you know people to kind of think we're swearing one or the other. But I think if you were going to pick an amp in terms of price, versatility, and sound, I think. 
the katana would probably be a bit bad. Yeah. So the, I, the, the, I am I concerned think I think about the katana being on this list because I want the DV Mart to win. Well, I, I think, uh, I think I've, the, I've changed it. Now. I, know, I, know. I, I really think I really think we should stick with the blue scoop okay. because I think it's worth talking about. Yeah, 100%. I do really okay. think it's worth talking about. I suppose I think we've it's worth got being a chance there, to talk about it later. I, I think that the you've got the choice: um, katana or blue scoop. I think the blue scoop should be on there. Joe Branton, both top two. Just saying. <laughs> Um, because there's because let's just like the katana to, uh, the katana is on the listener's choice so the katana has a shot yeah. of getting in here anyway well no because it didn't well it didn't necessarily make the top two in listener's right. choice okay oh, so, okay there we go so do we want Spoiler katana Reno. 50 or do we want blues cube hot in the best amp category oh it's, that's really I think, tough I mean I'm you know I'm just putting out there I think for the money 165 quid for the 50 watt katana I'm saying katana from the I two demos not. that we did, I think the Katana sounded better. Um, yeah, one like one it. product, I'm not sure I can fully get behind. Okay. 6505 Piranha. I knew you were going to say that, and I kind but of... But I haven't watched the demo yet. I'm going to counter this, because in the room, I thought it sounded pretty poor. And we'd, you know, granted, we'd had the both of those two <laughs> We'd done a, a lot of demos that day. Well, <laughs> and we'd done the Honey Boy 5, which sounded great. And then we poked the Piranha in, it was like, oh, it sounds a bit... Naff, but then it's a hundred and you know it's a hundred quid, yeah. tiny little amp. And I listened back and editing the demo, I was like, "This actually sounds really nice." Um, this didn't sound like this in the room at all. I thought it sounded pretty pony, but on the demo, it sounds great. And I realised the demo hasn't gone live yet, so it's it's hard to judge. Or it might have done by the time this podcast comes out, actually. But um, I thought it sounded pretty good. I thought it I'm sounded pretty good. I'm not sure it's a top five. Does it need product. to exist though? In a way, like. Well, it's, does it? Because it, it doesn't have some of the modern features that other mini amps yeah, have. There's no USB. True, out, but, it? but it's no. not. It's also not going for that market. I think it's going. Is for, it not? I thought that's probably what it was. No, trying I think to go it's for. more going for like Mike Orange Micro Terror. You know, they're novelty mm. products. I think, and yeah. it's it's good. I mean, I would say that it deserves its place on this list over something like the Line Six Firehawk, for example. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure it's a top five product. Is there anything on this list that we think doesn't deserve can to be on? I, can there? I address the elephant in the room here? Yes, I'm. Go, I'm going to go out. And don't say, be mean about Joe. I'm going to go out and say it because I I think that there's a slight conflict of interest for Matt, and I think that it's probably best that Joe doesn't get involved in this discussion. The Marshall Code, okay. the Marshall Code. This is Gear of the Year 2016. This, if we were doing this, if we were doing this podcast four years ago, if we no no, mate. no if we were doing this podcast in 2009, and the Fender Mustang amps hadn't come out. I think that the code would be in with a good shot. The problem is, is Marshall have taken so long, so long to catch up to what their competitors were doing like over five years ago, that this is, it's just a, it's, it's ridiculous. Honestly, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I would would go as far as to say, I, I think the code is the worst product to come out this year. I think it was Joe Branton, so far, um, so far from the mark of what of, of, what, of where uh, everyone is going. It's like I don't know because Marshall are obviously paying people to do research into into what people want. Sure, and I don't understand this is how what it came they, out. This is what they released. I, I, That's unforgivable. And we shouldn't be we shouldn't be pulling punches with it. It's okay. a joke that that it's, it, it's is just, what they've taken this long to release. It just like it genuinely breaks my heart because I love. Marshall, I love Marshall. They are just—they are genuinely one of my favourite companies of all time. And the fact that they just keep getting it wrong with their with their practice amps—it's just—it's ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous. They're just... They're not good enough. What do they do, though? That's the thing. I, I, my, we talk about Marshall all the time. We say, you know, her, they've got the heritage. They've potentially got, you know, a load of legacy models. And I think we could do a whole podcast on this. Like, how would you... If you suddenly took over Marshall tomorrow, what would you do to make Marshall great again? Sorry. Phones. Um, Get people connected. Like, yeah. they, they've tried doing... <laughs> they've tried doing the high-end reissues... You know, they did the uh, Silver Jubilee issue. They do, you know, Blues Breakers and stuff. They're not mass market products. And I think even the stuff that they aimed at the mass market, you know, the Silver Jubilee stuff, didn't really hit. Um, even though they were great products. On the mid-range stuff, you know, they still sell loads of JVMs. They yep. still sell, loads you know, DSLs. the DSLs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not really a problem there. The practice amps, like... They kind of have to do a digital practice amp. I mean, I know that these aren't up to the standard. I don't think they're anywhere near the standard of, say, Katana. Yeah. Um, I think they're better probably than the Spider 5s that have just come out. Yeah, I like, agree with that. I think they're kind of on par with the Mustangs, like you say, like the old Mustangs. Yeah, but like I say, the Mustangs came out in 2009 But what, what else do you do, though? That's the thing. And I'm not defending code because I don't think it's as good as it should be, but... If I was going to take over Marshall today, I think that's the hardest job in the whole industry. I'd do exactly what Fender did, which was make something that... But when you get down to practice size, actually, I don't think the the, the sound is kind of the most important thing. I think it, it is to an extent, but making something that's... It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a permanent place in a, in a home. And so I think... the the aesthetic of it it becomes I mean, the most oh, they, important yeah, look at, and look at the list managed to make their, their amps look really retro but the, and cool the, and the codes cut apart no, from the, the top panel looks, they, no it looks like a hi-fi if they'd if they just did like a combo that looked a bit like a jubilee or a combo that looks like a 1974 but was solid state and had a few effects on it that's all but they that's didn't what, need to reinvent for years. The they did the mgs yeah but they weren't good they weren't good enough yeah but i so don't make know, a better like what they should have done what they should have done is what orange did what orange did Three years ago, whatever, with the when they re uh, did the Crush Pro series, when they went, you know what? People don't really need the built-in effects. Sure, I, I, they I, don't really need these. What they want is a good, like, like bass tone. They need like a good tone that sounds good at low levels to build up from. But bear in mind, Marshall's market. Marshall, if say a, a kid comes in, young kid with their parents. They've got two options. They've got the solid-state orange stuff or they've got Marshall that's got effects on it for about the same money. My, you know, Parents will know Marshall. They won't necessarily know orange and they'll say, okay, that one's got more stuff in it for the same money. I'll take that. So yeah. that's essentially what Marshall are doing with the codes. Yeah. What I think they... The problem that Marshall have is that they have to appeal to so many different audiences because of the size of the brand. Sure. So they're appealing to you and I, you know, when they're making Silver Jubilees, which we think are the probably some of the best amps ever made. Yeah. Um, the, the, the reissue of that. But they've also got to deal with Little Jimmy's Christmas that is competing, you know, with the real cheap practice amps and stuff like that. And I just think Code, for me, sums up Marshall's problem in the... It's tried to do a little bit of both. You know, they've tried to go for like super high end modelling and they had that tie in with, who was it? Like someone like IK Multimedia, someone like that, who was working on the models and stuff like that. But it's also got to be a practice amp and affordable. And the, the code kind of sums up. And it, it also goes for some way to saying how, because martial arts are so big, the, they can't be very swift in turning stuff around. You know, like you're saying, this competes with practice amps from 2009. 
that's probably because they've been trying to do it for, since yeah, 2009. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure um, they have. I'm sure they have. I think what they've ended up with is an amp that's not great. You know, they're not... I don't think they belong on this list. We should get rid of them. We should ditch them from the top five, 100%. But I think it's a really interesting talking point that they've... And it's happened in other places as well. The MA series, which were a cheap valve amp essentially yeah. the Hayes series the Hayes series yeah, you yeah, know yeah. two ranges that just meant nothing they were just rubbish but but it was because Marshall are thinking about Lemmy and they're also thinking about Little Jimmy at the same time they're thinking of rock stars and they're thinking about Little mm. Jimmy's Christmas and I think it's it, that's 100% the hardest job in yeah. MI musical it's, instrument retail at the moment is if you were the head of Marshall what do you do with that company and that's where we've ended up with code yeah yeah, I just, I, I just, it really, like, it really, I find it so difficult to talk about because, like, I want to, I want to, like, let rip and be like, this is, it's a complete outrage that this has happened. But I agree with you. I don't do, understand. Do you have a better solution? Though? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. Yeah. And it's the solution it's, that all the other brands have. Well, have. There, there is two ways to go about it. You, like, I think, I think. If I was Marshall, what I would be doing is like something like the Orange Amps, the Orange Crush Pro series, with a. Um, actually, what they should be doing is they should have done they should have done the Black Star um, ID Core series. Yeah. So you've got the ability to have a couple of effects on there if you want them, or you've got the ability to plug it in via USB. And like model away to your heart's content. Yeah. And like kids aren't dumb. Like little Jimmy will know more about how to put something like this together sure. than little Jimmy's parents will. Although it hasn't and the kids Marshall aren't Code... stupid. They know how to use these things now. But Marshall Codes, you can do that. You just do it through Bluetooth, right? Yeah. It's, <sighs> it's got it's got both. I mean, the Marshall Code does exactly think, what you're I saying. I think really, you can what just was, turn what everything was, off. Yeah. What we're saying yeah. is. I think really what it comes down to is it does everything that all these other amps do, it, but the sound isn't there. Well, I think yeah, because yeah. Fender have you know Vin, they have Plexi or whatever on their sound setting. Marshall Code is all Marshall preamps. Yeah. It's designed to be a Marshall modeling amp. Yeah, and I think ultimately at the end of the day, it just the sound isn't as good as some of the other ones on the market. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it comes down to because it does everything that all the modern ones do. Tons of presets, Marshall Gateway, which I think is there. Uh, their app to kind yep. of do it you've got mp3 on there you've got um, USB for recording it does all of that it just don't think the sound is up yeah, I think what this uh, all boils down to is Marshall Code is getting deleted from this list yeah farewell um, does anyone want to talk about uh, the Line 6 Firehawk Matt you've probably got the most uh, experience with this talking yeah. about loud digit <sighs> modelling amps this is the loudest of the lot yeah it's a weird one really because this isn't the first time Line 6 have done something like this you know, we're talking, you know, the HD one four seven, which we've yes. often talked about. The world's loudest toaster um, <laughs> looks like a toaster. One hundred and forty-seven decibels. Totally, I think it's it's line it's line six going. We can do this, but should it's everyone? But everyone else is going. But should you? Yeah, fifteen hundred watts. Yep. I mean, look at everything else on this list. Nothing goes above. I mean. Katana's a 50, but you can obviously sweep it down. That's the loudest amp on this list, 50 watts. But, you know, it's 1,500 watts. Now, the sound in terms of... Because you've got the you've got the big tweeter, you've got the four stereo sub-speakers, and then you've got the 
one central speaker. Yep. So the actual sound is great if you're mixing audio and guitar. Yep. But who does that? People who play in their bedroom. Yeah. Do people who play in their bedroom want a fifteen hundred watt? It's the idea behind it that you can kind of use it as like home cinema, and you can use it as a guitar. Yeah. Amp. Because actually, do you know what? I always thought that the <laughs> did I just hear that? Yeah, set? it's correct. Yeah. Yes. But that's but that's the thing. It's I a think... fifteen hundred watt digital modelling amp. I mean, <laughs> but that was the great thing about. Um... <sighs> what am I thinking of? Not the um... yeah, the Line Six, the ones before this. Not the Firehawks. Amplify. Amplify. Always sounded great if you've got an iPad and it's in your room. You've, oh, you've played enough guitar. You're watching some videos. The sound quality for yeah. audio and movies and music well, was fantastic. When they first came out, we were using them as a stereo, weren't yeah. we, in the shop? But I, but I also think that's part of its downfall because having an FRFR-style speaker means that you've got no character. Yeah. And you have to rely on modelling. And you to- have to rely on modelling. And you have to rely on... You know, a speaker is a key part of the way sound comes out of the amp, and obviously the way that the sound changes. Yeah. And if you've got a completely flat response speaker, that, that you're basically pumping everything out through no something that's got no character. Yeah. So it all comes down to digital modelling, and yeah. I just think it, it's a product that is great, but just didn't need to happen. I tell you why <clears throat> this product happened is. The the line six, um, line six brought out the helix, which I think is an absolutely phenomenal yep. and like monstrously powerful piece of equipment. It certainly isn't for everyone. I would never use one. Um, I, you know, Matt maybe would find some use for it somewhere along the line. I don't think the three of us would. No. But I understand why they've done it, and I think it's I think it's a really important step forward in modelling and in like personal modelling. What they should have done with the Helix technology is gone. We should take this, strip it back a bit, and make the make a new range of Spider amps that sound as good as this, but aren't quite as powerful and don't have quite as much you know ability to because we don't want to stop people from buying them. Yeah, but. They didn't want to do that because they didn't want to stop people from buying the Helix. So they went, we've got all this technology, let's put it in a, a, a big amp. The, but, and but I the, think but that's the fire, where it came from. But, but the Firehawk came out before the Helix, and then the Firehawk also ran concurrently with <coughs> the Pod HD 500, and I never understood where the Firehawk actually doesn't sat. The pod, doesn't the Firehawk fi- uh, 1500 have the tech from Amplify, though, rather yeah. than the tech from Helix? Yeah, it has the tech from yeah. Amplify. So it's just a it huge the... amplifier, basically. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. it doesn't have the Helix tech in it. No, no. Oh. Helix is a completely separate thing all on its own. But I was just looking at some of the infographics they've put on. They've put, like... 22 watt tube amp and then it's like optimal volume range 0 dB to small venue and it's like then it's like 40 watts small venue maybe to medium venue 100 watt tube amp when was the last time anyone bought a 100 watt tube amp yeah large venue and then it's like 15 watt stage amp any tone any volume it's not but I can guarantee you that volume control they're not they're not as linear as you think no, fi- no. I mean you're not really I mean 1500 is almost like a statement because you're not going to feel 1500 no. watts of power coming out of it. I just think you're. I I just think it's an amp that you wouldn't use on stage. Yeah, I realistically. Do. I mean, I can't remember what's the price on those. They are 827 pounds currently. I, I just, just think if you're going to spend if you're going to spend 800 quid, get a whole lot deluxe, which is like unbelievably loud. Yeah, and it's about. I just think that people. 
Maybe I no. I just think people aren't going to spend that sort of money on something. Like is that. It, what was the what was the the previous line six? The DT. Yeah, DT, DT, but the DT was a totally different product. Yeah, yeah, they were fantastic. Yeah, but I really liked it. Yeah, but they yeah. weren't. They didn't sell though, did they? No, unfortunately, because not. it's a but line they, six amp. They're never going to sell in the volume that well, you know. But they were spider. They, no, but Maybe, they were a but, smart idea, nonetheless. I liked the look of them. I liked that they were introducing valves into the mix. It was it. They were cool. They were good. Is everyone DTs. comfortable with knocking this line six Firehawk off this? Yeah, list? I don't yeah, think I we're going to. So. Yeah. Okay, um, Vox AC30 Head. Joe Branton, you're a big fan of Vox. Yeah, uh, I think this is great. Uh, they obviously, they did this, they released it as a 15 and a 30. And yeah, I was over the moon because I love Voxes. But, and I think we spoke about this at the, at the time that they came out. Uh, a lot of touring bands don't use combos. Um, yes. So it's, um, it, it brought Vox sort of back into the mix for bands that are maybe sort of uh, sharing cabs mid-level bands I yeah. think is the um, my only thing is does it warrant its place on this list because so, it is yeah, just so an AC30 with the speakers we, chopped off yeah, exactly yeah. that is the problem the the other thing obviously they are um, these are just vintage reissues of, of when they've done them previously yep if there could have been some sort of advice towards modernising them, it would have been the size. Well, I actually think that they could have gone further than that. And I don't think... Like, if this is supposed to be like a touring amp and like a like a utilitarian amp, I don't think it needed the four inputs. Like, Yeah, maybe not. I, I think that they could have done something... A bit smarter with like yeah there's, it, there's it zero seem, zero they've just rehashed they've literally just they have just chopped the speaker they just lift the chassis yeah. that yeah. they already yeah. make yeah. and put it into a different yeah. box it's, 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 it's got power scaling I think that's the only difference yeah. right does it yeah. that power scaling's not built into the output well it's not built into the amplifier's design it's post amp Right, speaker, okay, fine. Which, is, which sounds like a, a so they've built, fuse they've, waiting to happen. They've basically built an attenuator into the. They've put an attenuator in the, in just, the box. Like, I just think if they had, if they had um, offered like different channel, like switchable yeah. channels, as opposed to the four inputs. So, like, because I, I, I really don't think you need to have the. I, I think it's. I think it makes sense, kind of, if you're going down the Vox heritage of having yeah, the normal input and the thing, top boost. But I don't think you need the high and low impedance. No, no, it's, it's it's a sort of purist reissue, or just not thought through. And yeah, it would have been great if they'd have done that. Also, I know that we we've, we've selected the thirty for this, but they released the fifteen in exactly the same chassis, and the chassis is the size massive. of, of yeah, a, a, a what, what you see hundred watt heads. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, 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 yeah. And that is like, oh man, that makes it. There isn't actually all that much advantage in getting one of these instead of no. Um, in, I mean, instead you, of you, the combo, you could probably. I mean, if space wasn't an issue, you could probably buy the combo if you didn't need the speakers. Sell the speakers and have just carry that. It wouldn't just, be that much think, bigger. Imagine and if they just, made a lunchbox fox head though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine. Could, it would be. I mean, I mean they have yeah, done that. They did the night trains and yeah. stuff. Oh, they did, the but, they were, but they were a different preamp yeah. and power yeah, yeah, design. Yeah, totally. They did like a classic AC lunchbox. That would be fantastic. That's what they should have done. Yeah, I yeah. think that's why, for me, it's not a, a top five product. Yeah, really. I agree. It's not a top five product. I think it's a great product because it's a brilliant amp. But Vox, for me, uh, I sort of have maybe of veering into that sort of martial territory in that I think Vox amps are the best sounding amps in the world. But they're almost successful despite themselves. They need to modernise it. Yeah, they're just like every new product. Let's not forget that this year Vox released the 
that guitar the star oh god yeah the star streamer star yeah yeah star, star streamer or screamer something like I that i think it was streamer yeah 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 but yeah um that's that. which was so far from being a relevant product it's unbelievable we I, don't we don't do a worst gear of the year category that, because that we're be generally it. trying to keep this fairly positive but i'm 95% sure that would win worst yeah. product of the year and that's over the see, code and yeah. you see that's that's what happens when vox <laughs> try and do something <laughs> yeah. new which is which is scary i mean it 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 I have no idea why they don't just always do teardrop guitars and basses because and and like maybe get them well made guys and they're, they're like they would sell yeah like hotcakes as guitars but yeah the only time Vox are any good is when they're looking at their heritage I, I think it's I think it's just worth as a like a, a parting parting point so it's not all t- trashing Vox oh no I I think, no, 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 no Vox. I know I know I know but it's um, next year 2017 is the 70th anniversary wow. of Vox it's crazy isn't it? so it's um, got to be time to do a lunchbox style head right well I just think that I think that we will probably see I think we'll a probably see a new colour of handwired AC30 well, yeah I think we'll <laughs> yeah. see some cool some cool new stuff hope possible so. gears of the year next year I hope so oh, yeah, I, I hope really so. do hope so because yeah. I, I mean I love Vox Matt Knight yeah. do you want to talk about the Supro Supreme 6v6 yeah oh, that sounded good Say yeah again. Supro Supreme 6v6 I like it um, nice. I really like Supro amps I think I think it's if I remember right it's Dave Coltai from Pigtronics bought Supro yes and he was like, "These amps are amazing. They've got great like American history. Like we should bring them back. We should redesign them." And yeah, I mean, they are just amazing vintage sounding amplifiers. They don't sound like a modern amp. They sound like you've gone and bought an amp from 1959, 1960. Um, nice spec, uh, two channels, twenty five watts, one ten, six v sixes. Probably the coolest. I oh, love by the far <laughs> the coolest the looking by. A country mile, yeah, that toe phenomenal. Yeah, and but actually, I actually meant that specifically the shape on this one. Yeah, because isn't it like st- stepped, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. The the back of it is it's slightly s- where they've obviously smaller. like put like, the like the way old TVs used to be. But then, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love the way the panel looks. I love the simplicity of the controls, um, and I like the price. I think that's like eleven fifty. I think for that, and yeah, I just think. It goes to show that sometimes you don't have to be pushing out all the modern features to get something that's no, really classy. For they the do money. an extension cab for this as well. Because I don't know where these are made. I'm assuming they're Far Eastern for yeah, that price. Are. Yeah. Um, oh, it says assembled in NY. I don't know. I don't know if they're because I don't. I don't I'm think sh- they're hand wide. I'm. I'm pretty sure they've got to be populated circuit boards. They must be circuit board for that price. I don't think you can hand wire an amp for that sort of thing. Such money. a good looking design, isn't it? Like that strip that runs around the top. Just yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And I think this is the thing is. You know, we said. I think we said a similar thing with Honeyboy. Is the fact that technology, in terms of the components that go in amps, are better. So these amps are now more reliable. And I suppose one of the only things that you're not getting, if you buy a vintage amp, what you're getting, if it's got an original speaker in it, is hundreds and hundreds of hours yep. of playing wear. Yep. And that's the only thing you don't get on a more modern speaker. Yeah, yeah. But apart from that, in terms of what's inside. You, you are getting a better amp than you would if you bought a vintage one and I think I'd, I'd never buy like a vintage amp like that because I just don't think the reliability is there and with something like this you've got more modern reliability as well my only question <coughs> about this is is there something better on this list that does this job nicer well this is the thing if we're talking about vintage amps and we're talking about value for money at the same time we can't deny that the Honeyboy 5 was an incredible product absolutely unbelievable d- unrivaled like completely unrivaled yep. imagine doing well, something this is the like thing, that right? point to point custom finishes 
for less than 700 I mean, pounds. I, there is no one it's else. It's the crazy doing price. That. I inquire. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. About um, there's a company that there was a company in uh, Canada that like build pedal boards, and I inquired about their price, and I inquired about some other people that build pedal boards and I rebuilt mine last night and it took about well, it's over two days it took about 10 hours and I was like if I charge someone for that 50 pounds an hour that's f- like 500 quid yeah you think he's hand wiring these amps and making the cabs and tolexing them to your spec and delivering them for under 700 quid it's bonkers I can't understand how he's actually making any money no <laughs> you know and, and I think that's part of it I know price doesn't isn't the the be all and end all factor but I mean what a crazy bit of kit for that money yeah, yeah. it's um, it's not the cleanest sounding amp in the world my only reservation about the Honey Boys is that they're not the cleanest sounding amp in the world they do break up quite quickly but well the 5 watt if, does, five watt, they, they if you're looking at the, 5 watt Princeton is it an 18 there's an 18 watt version which we've not actually heard but yeah they I just think it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we, the build yeah, quality agreed. is better than agreed. anything I've seen yeah. for years. It was so loud for five watts. Yeah. And still, like, that drive was still very, very and, usable. And it's coming back to that, you know, take a vintage design, what modern components can I use to kind of improve it? And, you know, modern manufacturing and stuff. You know, I say it's not... It's very clean point-to-point, you know, very clean, nice wiring. Um, so it's modern in that, you know... He's keeping it very clean and stuff, um, but it's an old style of building out. Yeah. So. But the only thing I would say is obviously, as people who listen to this podcast regularly know, that we talk about kind of pedals and pedal platforms and things like that. And this is really an amp for like the traditional purist, I think. Yeah. You wouldn't buy this amp if you wanted to run a lot of pedals or 
You could, like that. You, you could probably get a, away with it if you were like low volume at home, but like the amp does break up really yeah, quickly. Yeah, but I don't think with these sort of amps, you don't necessarily get the best out of it if you are running it. Sure. Fairly low, yeah. Oh yeah, this I is think. one to be like turned up. Like um, you could use it at home. It's five watts valve, um, sort of usable. But really, the idea is that you're in a raucous rock and roll band and you want to be pushing this at like six or seven o'clock yeah. on the no six or seven on the dial, um, and uh, yeah, that would. That would just—it just sounds so like warm and rich, and it's like just raging, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so many nice choices. It's an awesome bit of kit. Because they fall into a similar kind of product category. How do we feel about the Honey Boy staying and the Supro going? I think. Yeah. I think so. Wait, wait, wait. How many? We've we got six. We've got we'll six be, left. We'll, we've got six at the moment. The only one we haven't talked about is the Fender Bass Breaker Fifteen. I, I'm uncomfortable with the Piranha staying and the Supro going. Okay, I, I would say we lose the piranha, and I, then I would say that is a top five that's accurate. Like that, those probably are the best five. We should probably hear an argument for the bass breaker fifteen. Yeah, um, who's had the most experience with these, Matt? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've played them a lot, and I think the great thing about the bass breaker was it was Fender doing a non-Fender amplifier. Yeah, and that's a huge risk. I suppose in a way that's sort of like Marshall going, oh, "We're going to make this real like a Fendery sounding clean amp." You know, and they, they, you know, they didn't specifically. You mean like the, you mean like the Astoria kind? Well, not really. No, no, the like Astoria is goes the other way. It's like a sort of American way. high gain. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I think really, but it's, like risk taking is what I mean. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think it's it was a it was a risk, and it's a risk that paid off. Um, especially for for me, actually, the best one was the eighteen thirty. Okay. Um, because I think there was a lot of other competition around the fifteen. And I think the price now, I think they're expensive for what they are, but they were a great sounding amp for someone who wanted more drive. Would you be more comfortable with the 1830 being on this list? I think that's a better amp. If we're we're talking about the Bass Breaker series. But going the other way, I actually think that the... Seven, the 007. 007. I I think that's the cooler product. I thought that that it was also like the, the best in terms of if you're looking for something that's a little bit unique yeah you know because there are very few, you know I realise that we've, we're just here talking about the Honey Boy 5 but there are very few full tube amps with f- like you know proper um, a full range of controls yeah I mean the market and, leader yeah. for ages has been the um, Marshall, Marshall Class, Class 5, 5 which yeah. was great the last good product that and, Marshall made and are we saying that the base breaker 007 is better than a Class 5 I, oh, I, I think so I think so yeah I, I'd say I think it is on par I think, the I Class think, 5 is really good it is I think the 007 drives nicer and that's the thing if you want a small amp and you're say comparing base breaker 7 to Honey Boy 5 I'd rather have the base breaker because it will clean up nicer with the volume control and it's got a tighter gain structure, which I think is nicer for the rockier stuff. And I think you have to be a real vintage player to really get the best enjoyment from the Honey Boy 5. I completely agree. I think that the... um, I think the Honey Boy is unrivaled on this list if you're thinking about something vibey and thinking about something cool. You know, if you want something with a ton of character and, you know... There are there's these are being built by one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's I I think that that 
but also game changing like uh, the, the completely well maybe not game changing but like you I know mean, the price point is the big selling point yeah, i think absolutely. for the Honeyboy 5 is so th- good you know, for 700 quid i think that the i th- for me the base breaker 007 is a better sounding amp yeah, in I terms agree. of like <clears throat> you know the thing you've got to remember is like honeyboy it, it's quite funny cuz like a lot of these amps were you know, you think about like an AC30 to begin, for example. The AC30 was designed as an accordion amp. Yeah. And then guitar players went, oh, actually, you know what? Sounds That's, real good. That sounds, that sounds good. The Honey Boy was designed initially, he was, he wanted something to amplify his harmonica. Mm-hmm. You know, so he like built this thing and then all of a sudden went, actually, I bet this should sound good with guitar. And, you know, yeah. it and it's it's like, it's kind of going like, all of this has happened before and all of this will happen I think again. For you know, me, we're rolling through. I think the bass breaker 7 sounds better than the honey boy 5 but the honey boy 5 sounds better than the supro i i oh, i really really Can don't I, want us to well, come out of this without the honey boy uh, on top well it sounds like we're getting down to the final five argument stage is there something on this list that we can ditch because we've got six I, at the moment the piranha Man, i think i th- i yeah i think i'd probably say the piranha j cross i cuz i think realistically you'd buy micro terror I don't. I, I don't think you would. I think for me, like, I, at Supro, I, I've never quite clicked with Supro. I like. I just think they are a little bit too simple in terms of their uses. I think that right. it's like, because how much is that? What's that? Fifteen hundred quid? No, twelve hundred quid. Twelve hundred quid. Okay. I mean, I just, for like, I really, I really want to like Supro because. I like I love the look of them. I love the fact that they've been brought back from the dead. You know, the company didn't exist for however many years. And yeah. I think that it's I think it's great that someone took a chance on it and has brought the company back to life. I really do think that. The amps for me just like they're not quite there. Like I, I sort of hold a lot of the Supro stuff in the same regard as I would like a Selma treble and bass. You know, I think they're cool. I think there's a ton of character there, but I'm probably not going to buy one. Yeah. That, so that for me, and like, I think that on out of the ones that we've got left there, so the PV6505 Piranha, the Boss Katana, the Supro, the Bass Breaker 007, the DV Mark Gen 15, and the Honey Boy, for me, I think the the one with the least USP is the Supro. Like, I, I'm not going to buy 6505 Piranha. I I like, but, and I agree, I've, my reservations are similar to what you said earlier in that it doesn't have a, some of the modern features that you would expect it to have. Like, I think it for, for the 6505 to top this list, it would have needed to have a uh, USB, USB out. Well, yeah. remember a couple of years ago we were talking about the Ironheart. Yeah, and, yeah. And totally. I, I still think the, the I, I think that I think the Ironheart Studio is one of the best amps to. Yeah, this is but this is a lot less money than that. You know, they're yeah. like around a hundred. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So I think that that, but I think that for me the two weakest. I don't really like using that phrase because these are all great amps. But I think for me the the two weakest are the Supro and the PV. And I think just in in comparison to the other things that are on that list. I think that the 6505 should stay just as a... Because I think the Supro, you know, if you were to compare the Supro to the Bass Breaker, the Gen the Gen 15 and the Honey Boy, are you really going to... Is that the one that you're going to take yeah, away? I, I agree. I just think it's uh, yeah, better yeah. than the I, I suppose the you say... Yeah, but. it is, but it's also a completely different product. So yeah. I think that the reason we should keep the PV and uh-huh. knock the Supro off is that 
The Super A's got a lot of competition outside of this list. You know, products that weren't released this year. Small, 25, 30 watt, nice, vintage yeah. valve combos. There's a lot out there. The PV6505, its competition, I would say, is the Orange Micro Terra. And I think it's quite a bit better than a Micro Terra when you actually listen to it back again. Right. Like I said, in the room, I don't think it sounded fantastic. But you hear it recorded, it sounds awesome. Um it's got you know two classic PV sounds in it. It's got the rhythm and the, uh, the crunch and lead channels from a sixty-five hundred five. Yes, it, I mean I would really have liked there to be USB recording, but I still think for its product category outside of this list, I think sixty-five hundred five is one of the best things you can buy. You know, hundred to one hundred and fifty pound micro heads. It's really, really good. It's really strong. Whereas I think the Supro is a great product, and in this list, you know, it sits pretty well. Um, but I, I don't know. I like the character and stuff. I really like the the sound of the amp. I like the vintage build. I think the sixty five hundred five should stay. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll go with that. Okay. Fine. So how about we say that our top five is. Uh, the Honeyboy 5 Watt, the DV Mark Gen 15, the Fender Bass Breaker 007, the Boss Katana 50, and the 6505 Piranha. Yeah, okay. cool, I think straight five. away we can put the Piranha in five. Yep. In uh, fifth position. Everyone happy with that? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, in four, what are we going to go for? I suspect. This is a tough one. The DV Mark tough. Gen 15. Absolutely might be not. Absolutely not. The Bass <laughs> Breaker 007. No, Come on. I'm, the the DV Mark is so much. That, well, that let's, let's so go the other, let's, I think we should go the other way and do a top three. What's, what's your top? Yeah, okay, Matt. What are your top three products on this um, list? You can, you can, like, yeah, no, I no was, one's gonna not, like. We're down to. No, I mean, I think what, you can say the boss one. Yeah, no, matter. I think what I was gonna say was, I, I actually had a suggestion for fourth place, which was maybe what not people were were gonna expect. Okay, go on. I was gonna say the Honey Boy Five. Purely because I think from a commercial point of view, I think if you had it in a guitar store and you had a Bass Breaker 7 and the Honey Boy 5, I think most people would go for the Bass Breaker 7 because I think it has a more commercial sound, which maybe is not a great... In terms of like a great amp for this year, that's amazing. I think it depends on your guitar store. If you're in somewhere that's, you know, a big mega store that we're all used to kind of working in, you know, that kind of... You know, where it's a lot of it is about the brands. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's Fender, Gibson, it's Marshall, it's all the name stuff. Mm-hmm. Then probably the Bass Breaker 007 is what people would be drawn yeah. towards. But let's say you were somewhere that sells hand-built guitars or boutique stuff. Yeah. The Honey Boy Five is a much better it's- product to sit in that kind of environment. I just think the hand, the fact that it's hand-built, the fact yeah. that it's point yeah. to point. You know, it's so different in terms of how it's built from the Bass Breaker. Um, it's, it's funny, agree. isn't it? I don't think we can put this fourth on that list. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think I think the Honey Boy Five Watt could is is a project that has the potential to win overall. It's weird because I'm just thinking if I walked into a store, what would I? I mean, bizarrely enough, the way if I walked into a store and what would I buy? Because I really like if I played it and I know what I want sound and features wise, and I always want a portable guitar head. I really like the DV Mark. Okay. Yeah, I think the DV Mark's great, and, and no, I, I definitely we, put it in my top to three. Try and consider sort of like innovation the you know the vibe the features and sort of what it means to the marketplace yeah. as well and I, I, think I think it's the difficult honey boy. I mean if I was going to pick a top three I'd probably say I don't know I'd definitely take Katana and Bass Breaker but I'd be struggling to pick between the other two okay. I'd probably go I'd go top three I'd go Honey Boy DV Katana J Cross I think I would go it's difficult because they, they like they are all very they're all fairly different amps, but I think my top three would probably be Katana, Bass Breaker, Honey Boy. 
Oh, you'd miss out the DV. I think so, yeah. Only just. I, only because... Um, only, like... There's not a combo, which I think they're missing a trick with. There is a combo. There is, is there a, a combo? Mark. Yeah, there's a... Okay, right. There's a 25 or 30... I think it's 30. Wait, okay, there's not 50... Like... Again, oh, no, mate, like, there is a 15 combo. There, no, there is a 15 I, combo. I just think, like... I think you would go with the... Even just those two, like just looking at the two heads that you've got there, so the base breaker and the DV mark, I think that if you were to compare the two, you've got more, um, you've got more versatility with the base breaker. It doesn't have reverb, which is, which is a bit of a pain. But the DV mark has only got it's only a digital reverb. It's not yeah, a, it's right. not a proper reverb, is it? So like that, you can kind of discount because you know we've all got a reverb pedal, so whatever. I, th- I like it is really close. It is very close. I I think I'm going the other. Whereas when we were talking about the guitars, I went with head over heart. I think I'm going heart over head here, and I I like I want the Honey Boy to I want the Honey Boy to do well because I think it's a great a great company and a like a great amp. But and that's why it's sneaking in. Yeah, the I, suppose, I suppose for me, like if I was going with heart. The only reason I put the Honey Boy low is that I think I love the way it looked and I do love the way it sounds, but it's not an amp that I would buy. It's I just 100%. not into that sort of vibe of amplifier. In terms of like what it is for the market and it goes to show that you can get a great product for not a lot of money, I think, you know, it, it should be. How would everyone feel about the Bass Breaker 007 being fourth on this list? Because I, I, I think like, we all agree that the Katana is a good product, like possibly winning this category. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think... You prefer the bass breaker I to the DV. The, I do prefer the bass breaker. we both like the DV. I do prefer the bass breaker to the DV, but I, at, when it comes down to it, it's just a, a, a fraction of taste. Yeah. So whatever, like I, I'm happy to concede. I really am happy to concede that. I'm not. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going well, to tooth and nail for it. Said fourth. I think. I think base breaker fourth is yeah. where we're where we're okay. at, and DV what? third. Okay. okay. Well, then we just cool. come down to yeah, does yeah. the Honey Boy or the Boss Katana win our amplifier of the year? Man, I mean, both of them are remarkable for the money. Yeah, um, I mean the Katana Fifty is one hundred and sixty-five quid. It is that's true. That is and where Marshall Code are putting hundreds of preamps here, a hundred presets, tons of you know. There's only five there's or something. Four sounds on a Katana. I, I really and an acoustic and a dedicated acoustic one, but like I, four guitar sounds. I really like the Katana. I think that I, I really like the Katana, and as much as I don't want, and I'm sure there's people screaming at home because we're like giving it to Boss again. Like I just think it's a a really really great product yeah, for the for the money for the money within its category like you know i have i have ardently defended the um the black star id core yeah. range for the last couple of years and honestly if i had the if i hadn't bought that id core you know 6 months ago actually it wasn't even that long ago i i really wish that i yeah. that the katana had been out at the time that i yeah. bought that because yeah. it's it is a much better, and I've barely, I've barely touched that idea since trying, since playing the katana. I've barely tried the, uh, barely I've, played that. I think there's there's definite arguments for the Honey Boy to win. Um, I think the fact that it's it feels like a really special product because you know it's customized for you, it's handmade for yeah. you. But as we've discussed, this isn't just about us. This is what we feel a little bit. Well, it is, this is about us. Screw y'all, listeners. Yeah. Um, but 
it's more about how we perceive what will be the most popular yeah, product like what's way, the best product for the market and I think the Katana 50 is a better product for the market than the Honey Boy 5 now both of these will go through to the final so once we've you know we can, have, I, a, we can have another discussion yeah. about it yeah. after lunch. I, I, think <laughs> I think everyone should own a Honey Boy Everyone could own a Honey Boy, whereas I'm not so sure about the. the no, that's, see, that's what I was going to say. I think the other I'd way around. No, the yeah. Katana is just for beginners. That's all. No, it's, I don't think it it's is. great. I don't, it's made. I don't it's think made. It is for beginners. It's I don't, made a really accessible, affordable I'd, product for. I don't think kids. it is. I think the clean sounds in there are clean enough that, and they're authentic enough that if you had a pedal board at home, I think I. I'm not so sure on it being a gigging amp. I think it's definitely a home amp. Oh, Although completely. there's plenty of volume, I think what the vo- extra volume actually allows is more clean headroom um yeah there's, there's there's a certain way that the power amp responds i think with those sort of amps and yeah. i think the thing is if you took a hundred people who listened to this podcast and plugged them into a katana and a honey boy i personally think more people would take the katana just because of the versatility that you've got in terms not, of a more practical amp i'm not sure that's necessarily true because I, this I, podcast has got a I don't know very, a very specific exactly yeah exactly it's supposed to be guitar nerds and nerdery and that's why yeah, a but custom I think, finish amp next to your custom shop sure, yeah, but, yeah, but, 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 the, but the, the nerdy tech that goes into a katana i think takes it away but it, because I, I, what the honey boy is at the end of the day is a readily available circuit that's been tweaked with modern components to make a great sounding amplifier by a guy who makes it for a customized and affordable price but it doesn't necessarily give you the most that you'd want from but also, also I, 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 I look at it I look at it a, a different way to you Joe in that like you know I think what you need to remember is like and this isn't this isn't me talking smack on you or anything but like I spent a lot of time working on the shop floor and you you spend a lot of time looking at stuff on the internet and <laughs> no 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 and like I realise this sounds like a cuss it's not at all feel. it's no, no. not at all you, you look at you spend a lot of time looking at stuff on the internet and talking about stuff with us and talking about stuff on the internet and you're talking about cool and new exciting stuff whereas if you are like if you sell a kid their first amp and they are like if if I was to sell a kid their first amp and it was a Boss Katana they would walk out of that shop so excited so excited about that but you plug them into a honey boy they'll be like I I don't like I can't play this at home I think like the excitement of a of a Katana of an amp that sounds that good at that price I think is honestly I think means so much more than something cool that you can buy for the best part of a grand that that's that's for me why why I chose it above the Honey Boy. I would say that I think people listening to this podcast, someone would find everyone would find something to like about the Katana Fifty. I think with the Honey Boy, there's certain sections of guitar players who want a particular sound that the Honey Boy just will not do. Fine, and I think fair the, enough. The drive sounds and the more kind of rock and roll stuff, the Honey Boy wins hands down over Completely. a Katana because Completely. it is so authentic. It's you know point to point wiring, handmade. It's beautiful. But I think there is something in the katana that everyone will like, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think it should be our amp of the year. Well, fair enough. I think the Honey Boy is the nerdier product of the yeah, two. Yeah, I totally um, agree. Yeah. And this is Agreed. guitar nerds. And but bear in mind, if we, we want to choose a beginner's amp, 
the, the amp of both the of these then, things yeah, are so. going through to the final on Friday um, so we can argue this out uh, again then it's going to be yeah. Yeah, it's okay, good fun cool. so, so a £160 bedroom amp wins best amp of the year welcome to Guitar Nerds <laughs> so <laughs> but like I, I really think I really think you're I, like what is it that we are like it ostensibly we're like we are we're, men. we're trying to <laughs> i mean we are devo <laughs> but like what, what are we trying what what's the point of this podcast is it to just talk about the you know the smallest run the nerdiest stuff that most people aren't going to buy is are we like this is getting existential well, it is. absolutely it is or are we this happens you every know, year um, yeah it does but like like I really feel like one of the things that I really like about Katana's is the fact that like we are able to help people make decisions on the right thing for them to buy and how many times have you like heard, like seen on the forum or had tweets and stuff from people who said oh yeah I listened to podcasts I was really into it and I bought this thing that you said was really cool and I bought it for my kid and they love it like surely you get a pang of pride out of that and I think being able to like being able to, to like put forward these suggestions I think that's I think it's really important yeah no, and it's I, like I, these the are the, they're the, the nerds of the the nerds of the next generation what you know? I think the, the Katana the is what, what is brilliant about the Katana is that it is actually it actually sounds good yeah. and there are so few practice amps that do yeah. and Agreed. to be able to do that and then undercut everything else on the market is completely remarkable and, and yes it is without a doubt you know the best practice amp and uh, yeah the best absolutely. practice amp completely, to come out this completely year is, yeah. completely is and I just think that the best practice amp to come out this year just because it's a practice amp like doesn't discount what it is within its I think it's a a, a better practice amp than the Honey Boy is boutique amp I think that's yeah. a fair argument. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. And bear in mind, they are both going through to the final. So yeah, we can, yeah, that's yeah. Fine. When things get a little bit more heated on Friday, we can really <laughs> nail down on this. Shall we? Um, so that was our top five amps of 2016. <laughs> P- at five, the PV Piranha 6505. At four, the Fender Bass Breaker 007. At uh, three, the DV Mark Gen 15. At two, the Honey Boy 5 Watt. And at one, the Boss Katana 50. Um, we'll I think we nearly put the Blues Cube hot in instead of the I know, Katana. unbelievable. Uh, that would have ended very differently. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's have a uh, couple minutes break and we will come back when we're doing 2016's best product of 2015. Cool. And we're back to uh, continue day two's <laughs> deliberations <laughs> for uh, guitar, guitar of the Year. Guitar. Gear of the Year. Guitar Who? nerds. Wow. How long have we been podcasting Gear of the for year. Three hours. Three hours. Um, the first episode was long. We're not even halfway through. No. Anyway, um, so this is um, 2016's best 2015 product. Yes. This is where we look back on last year's Gear of the Year, uh, the things that got through to the final and um, discuss, you know, did they last or not? So the products we're talking about are basically the top five from last year. The Gibson 2016 Les Paul Traditional, the Ranger FX Echo X Plus Igor, the TC Polytune Clip, the Orange OB-1 300, and the Boss ES-8. 
So we're just going. Need, just need to rank them. Yeah. We're not deleting anything off here. Can I so. um? Can I just put something out there? And this is an honest. Like this is a genuine question. Is the Obi One still a current product? I, I don't think because I've just like Google yeah. shopped it and. No, they're gone now. Gag seems to be the only shop that actually is listing them, and I wondered. And I was like, they can't have only been out for a, a year, and that's what I was wondering with the orange base gear. Well, like, I mean, they, what are they actually no, doing at the no, moment? No, no, they, 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 a hundred percent must still be doing them because it was only a couple of months ago that Orange released an advert for yeah, I saw, the I saw Obi Wan versus this the that's so weird. I've just four hundred or whatever it's called. I've not seen them as much as I they, they are still I listed as they a current are, product are yeah, yeah. So well, okay. that, was, that, was, that wasn't like a cuss that obviously no, no, no. Print. It, was, it, was, it was genuine like I think I think one of the things that's interesting with this so this is this is always my favourite part of gear of the year because what we're doing is we're discussing whether what we chose last year was the right choice in hindsight and I think that like, I th- I think it's very very difficult for us to say. We've never agreed with ourselves. Have we've we? not. No, and I think it's very difficult for us to say I've just anything. Up gear of the year twenty fifteen. So I can actually. I think uh, it's very difficult for us to do anything other than say the boss ESA has absolutely exceeded all of our expectations. Yeah, I think so. In terms yeah, of so. in terms of its longevity, not its longevity, but like it's really stood that it's only been a year but it's really stood the test of time I think so I think like, so in absolutely. terms of things that you still see in everyday yeah. use I would say that the I things think, the things that are still definitely in everyday use ESA 100% TC Polytune Clip I think yeah. still think is a real strong yeah. product yeah um, the Ranger obviously was very niche anyway yeah, very like, I don't, I'm not sure that but can really thing, qualify like, but. I'm just looking here so I'm just looking obviously Gibson was the big thing last year 26 less Paul traditional which we voted over the Ernie Ball St. Vincent, which yeah. I still think is a big mistake. I don't think so. I think that the I think that the, the 2016 Les Paul traditional is probably is probably a better or at least as good as the 2017 Les mm-hmm. Pauls. I don't think you know, I don't think that and that's why it wasn't included, you know. I d I don't think that we needed to yeah. do it. I I absolutely love the St Vincent. I really do love the St Vincent. I think it's an incredible guitar. I think it's an incredibly important guitar, really important guitar. Maybe in hindsight, like I, I think it should have won. I, I think it probably should have won. Do um, we add St Vincent to this list then? No, we're not allowed to. We can't change the result. We well, I mean, you know, it was, more, it was in the top. I believe a, we have done in the past. So, is, yeah, this is more of a discussion, though. Really, isn't it? Right. It's more about. Oh, let's yes. do it then. I'm going to add the Ernie Ball St. Vincent to this list. Yeah, but I, think the thing is, I think it's worth bringing into the discussion. What's, what's, what's so Matt, good what is it's, we've already spoken about it, if you're listening to this, because we've spoken about it already, what, what, but the 2017 Music Man catalogue means that it will be back in. Yes, yeah, actually, in 2017. Uh, well, it's only a different colour, though. No, I, it's not. No. Oh, there are some other things that we would have already spoken about. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that when we actually okay. talk about it. But yeah. So... Is there something that we can lose from this list then to accommodate the same yeah, Vincent? I mean, because weird, because weird. Last year we had best other thing and weirdest gear. Yeah. Best pet. I don't think in this 2016's best product, 2015, obviously, because it was only the top five. There was no, no pedal. No, but, but, but one thing we didn't. We obviously we counted out, but actually ended up being one of the biggest pedals of the year. Yeah. Was the Montreal Assembly Count to Five? 
It, it was, it was. But again, I think it's too niche to yeah. really. And I think the same with the Ranger Effects Echo X. Like, I, I don't. I, I think it's. I, I would the, put that I love more. it. I love it. I think the Ranger Effects Igor Echo X, Echo X, I think is a great pedal. A really, really great pedal. I don't think it's. it's it isn't the first or second best. You know, it hasn't gone up or down in necessarily in in like with the the it's still as cool as it was this time last year yeah. because it's still yeah. a weird pedal and a weird cheap pedal that See, you can get i think I, it's great but yeah. i say nothing's nothing's come along to knock it off its mantle no, no. and but like it, it's sat in a weird position yeah what what about polytune clip though because this was something that i sort of mentioned just before we started recording is that obviously they were 30 pounds when they came out yeah yeah they're 45 now Okay, it's a lot for a clip-on tuner, it is isn't it? It's a lot it? for a clip-on tuner. Is there something, looking back on it, would we necessarily say it's still a great product now because of its price? Yeah, or are we just saying pounds is a lot. It's a lot of money. What we actually need to do with this, because all we're doing is picking two, we don't necessarily need to yeah. put these into a category. So are there two clear I think products so. there yeah. that you think you need think? to go through? Are I think the Boss ones? ESA and the Ernie Ball St. Vincent. Yeah. I think so too. I Matt Knight, so as well. Joe Branton. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Okay. See, one, so one of the things that one of the things that like I'm I'm happy to concede, and I'm always happy to reflect. Um, I'm always happy to look back and go, okay, I was wrong about this. Is I ardently, ardently argued that the um, the OB one should have won last year. I, I you did. You really? I really fought the corner for that. I really, really did. And um, there was a you know there was a lot of discussion there was a lot of fallout from it last year and a lot of people saying like the ESH shouldn't have won because it's too niche and actually I think I, I really do think that with and I, I think it's true now I'm not sure if it was true this time last year but I definitely think it's true now that actually I think the OB1 was probably the more niche product out yeah. of those two mm. I think the ESA does have the wider appeal but I think that's because the guitar world has Changed even in the last year. Yeah, a hundred percent. Really, really, really has, and like, so uh, you know, and which is why we were able to put in into the top five or what, or you know, close enough, a a two hundred and fifty pound um, power supply. Yeah, which, which we wouldn't. I don't even think last year we would have been able to no, do. No, totally. Things have changed. So, what are we going to award as 2016's best 2015 product? I, I still think the ESA. Is the best product I mean, of last year. Yeah. I, I having, having bought one before, obviously, where we're at now, and having had it for so long, I don't think there's a product I've enjoyed having more than an ESA. I Just think, for the amount what, that I've like, liked. Ever. Yeah. I think, that's probably, really? I think that's probably one of the most enjoyable. I've, I've had more enjoyment messing around with that pedal yeah. on my pedal board, as the heart of my pedal board, than I have any I, other. I think you're right. Game. I think that's the first time when a winner has had the longevity the yeah. I think uh, it's it's right so I'm really glad that we've brought the St Vincent back me too 100% I, like I, say, I think it's an important a really really important, really important product yeah. yeah and you know the conversation around that with you know magazines like She Shreds and that kind of community that are just an audience who would have felt really pushed out by the guitar yeah. community before it's been a real key product in yeah. kind of like um, you know empowering that community um it's just a, a serious guitar, you know, um, yeah. and there's been a lot of good conversation around it this year. So. Yeah, I, I like just on that note, I really think anybody who is into guitar nerds in any shape or form, if you're listening to this and you aren't aware of She Shreds, I, I just yeah, think it's it I think it's the single most important guitar um, thing 
in the world at the moment. I think it's the no, most important. What, what are you saying? Uh, even even more important what than Guitar Nerds. Nothing's more important. I think than I think Nerds. I think She Shreds is the most important publication going right now. We've it's got wicked. matching tattoos. I, 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 actually, <laughs> I actually like guitar techniques. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think it's super yeah. important. Okay, anyway. Total guitar for me, actually. With that, so that means the boss ESA and Ernie Ball St. Vincent weirdly go through to uh, 2016's Gear of the Year final. Now, if any uh, previous years are to go by, they won't make the top five because it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, products maybe, maybe. For. But I mean, maybe not saying, we ain't saying nothing. <laughs> maybe they could. <laughs> so they join the um, Gretsch Streamliner Double Cut the Reverend Billy Corgan, the Honey Boy 5 Watt, Boss Katana 50, uh, the Rockstock Bright Switch, and the Barefoot Buttons uh, in Friday's final. So do stick with us because tomorrow we are going to be covering Best Pedal, which I'm looking oh at the list God. now. There's a fair few to go through. Oh I think we're going to have God. to approach that very differently. Um, and we'll also be doing 2016's Weirdest Gear. Join us tomorrow for more deliberations. Cheers, gang. Bye. Farewell. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.